patience, please. There is still one more week to go until the game, so any and all questions to Ohio State about that are just not going to work with Ryan Day and Jim Knowles right now. Welcome to Snap Judgments. They're brought to you by Buyers Up. It's Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. They have to get through Minnesota first. Mm-hmm. That's where the attention is. Everything else, no matter how many times, how many different ways it's asked, you're not going to get a direct answer about Michigan yet. No. Or the, the ma- excuse me, the matchup game. The matchup, the matchup game that is two weeks from now. Uh, nor, nor should we, I guess. I th- there's an important point I think made during Ryan Day's time at the podium that now is the time of year that you want to be playing your best football. I think they took a really nice step in that direction against Michigan State, and they need to take another one this week against Minnesota for you to feel confident in their ability to play their best when they do go up to Ann Arbor in two weeks. So. I'm fine with the laser focus on, on the Gophers this week, even if it is not the most compelling game on the schedule. If you put a laser on a Gopher, I don't think they like that. Wait a minute. If, what if the Gopher has – if the Gopher's wearing the laser, would well, you like it? Caddyshack would be a very different movie. I don't want to be lasered by a Gopher. That'd be terrifying. It'd be kind of awesome. Yeah. Uh, it, Could be honestly, cool. it's, <laughs> it's a reminder. A press conference like that with Ryan Day when Jim Knowles – is a reminder of how very different the media's job is than the coach's job. Uh, because our job is to talk we about We should Michigan. swap. Freaky, freaky Friday for one week. So <laughs> our happens. job is to talk about We could have done it last week. <laughs> our job is to talk about Michigan. Well, Minnesota might be so. And uh, their job is to say, don't talk about Michigan. So everyone is like, oh, but what about Michigan, though? What about that? Look over there. And the coach is like, stop, stop, stop. But uh, I think that it's good uh, practice for, the, for these guys to understand that this game matters. Uh, if you go back even a year ago, now that's a little different. It's at home, it's not on the road at Maryland. Like you, they played like crap the week before mm-hmm. Michigan last year. They have not played particularly well the last couple of years. The week before Michigan, so uh, I think it's important to make sure that this team is ready for that. And Minnesota, despite the fact that they're not very good, is an interesting matchup for maybe what they do best is what Ohio State does worst. Uh, I mean, I think there's at least a potential for them to make it an annoying game for 20 minutes. And which will get people feeling restless. So. Wait, what is what is it that Ohio State does worst? Um, stop the vertical run game. I don't know that there's much evidence What's to that? support that. I mean, I don't know. Two hundred and fifty yards against Rutgers would be the sport, I guess. 40, uh, Forty-five were on a trick play. Okay, so two hundred and five yards against Rutgers. It was uh, it was fewer than uh, that. It, it, it was a lot of yards <laughs> against Rutgers and Minnesota. All they really do is try to run the ball, and you're going to be without probably Michael Hall based on what we heard today. Mm-hmm. Um, we still don't expect to see a full complement of Tommy Eichenberg. You still are without Lathan Ransom. Like, there's an opportunity for Minnesota to at least muck it up a little bit to slow things down. Now, will they come out and crap the bed like they did against Purdue? Hopefully, but I mean, you, don't, <laughs> you, you can't expect that. You can't expect it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think I like Ohio State's rush defense's chances against Minnesota personally, but I guess we'll find out on Saturday at 4 o'clock. But, and, and it will be tied a little bit to the injury report. We can dive into that. Lathan Ransom will not be back for the rest of the regular season. Uh, I don't know. There's not been too much dancing around about that. That timeline and the and a medical procedure did change from what we initially thought with his timeline. So Ohio State's had a couple of weeks to maneuver things around. Should be getting Josh Proctor back to help with some of that in the, in the secondary Maybe by this weekend and another senior day for him. Tommy Eichenberg is his third one. Uh, he, he walked twice. I, I think he's got six of them. I don't. I don't know. But we'll see. You get as many you as you ever want. Use the flowers. You get new ones every year. Th- those are dead. Yeah. They don't last. Rest um, in peace. Yeah, to some real ones. Tommy Eichenberg again. As Berm said, we'll see how, how much he needs to play uh, on Saturday against Minnesota. And then my call uh, left pretty early on. I think he finished with like just ten snaps, ten to somewhere between ten to thirteen. I think it was ten. I think yeah. Right, yeah. 
So a short day for him. I saw him go to the locker room in the second quarter. Um, and Burmass, and I'm not really entirely sure. It looked like maybe he just kind of got folded up and, and rolled up on. I'm not, I don't know the nature of yeah. that injury. The response from Ryan Day was somewhat. It wasn't encouraging. Uh, yeah, it was, it was somewhat uh, ominous. Yeah, and I mean, Jim Knowles didn't, 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 didn't like try to pretend like they were going to have him this week when right. asked about backup defensive tackles. Yeah, uh, so that's another situation for Ty Hamilton to get more reps, which he was the second highest graded Ohio State defensive lineman, uh, second highest graded defender, according to PFF on Ohio State. And number one was Hero Canoe. So another opportunity for him to step forward. Looks like the offense pretty much uh, healthy as can be, but there may still be a personnel question on that side of the ball, Bill. Yeah, so we got into the center stuff. Um, I asked Ryan Day a couple questions about it. I wanted to, one, get like, why'd you guys play Matthew Jones there? And he said, you know, they wanted to get him some work there. He, they had used him at center in practice. And like we've heard that throughout Matthew's career, he's just never done it in the game. Some, someone asked me, did he play center in 2020 against Michigan State? Harry Miller started at center in that game in 2020 against Michigan State. Uh, Matt Jones played left guard, I think, in that game. So to our recollection, he has never done it before prior to playing the 10 snaps at center uh, against Michigan State. And Ryan Dake, I just kind of chalked it up to wanting to get him some work there. So then I tried to follow up with like, What's your evaluation of center, and was any any of the thought process of playing Matt Jones at center? Maybe you want to shake this up and make make a change at center. And he didn't say no. He didn't say yes. But I I felt like I gave him the opportunity to emphatically state that the status quo was the status quo on the offensive line, and he didn't do that. So I don't know that I'm like on alert for a change to be made there. But it does feel like the door is like slightly ajar. I don't know. What do, what do you guys think? It felt like he was trying to suggest at first that the reason Matthew Jones moved over was to get Enoch Mamahi some reps. Like, oh, we had to get Enoch in there. No big deal. But then, like, the second part of the question, which was, what's next? Oh, we're constantly evaluating. Right now, there's not, like, right now, yeah, right, right now, now, he yeah. kept saying it. We're going we're gonna to keep going with what's going, with what, what we've been doing. Like, it didn't feel emphatic, uh, to your point. Like, it, it seemed like a guy who was willing to say, well, we're looking ahead and seeing that there's three really big defensive tackles coming down the pike in two weeks, and we need to maybe be at least considering what's best for the offense. And that may well mean that they don't make that change. I mean, I think yeah. he, Ryan Day sort of got to that point where he was talking about Carson Hensman and saying that every week was an investment and the future is bright. Um, you know, but the long term doesn't help you win a national championship or win in Ann Arbor in a week and a half. So well, that's uh, the thing. Not every investment win. Like it may win long term, but it doesn't win. Yeah, I think we all think Carson Hinsman's going to yeah. be a good player here, right? It's just like maybe he was thrust into the job a little too early, and part of that is how the roster was constructed. Like they Are didn't have Luke didn't, Whipler deciding Luke Whipler to... leaving early, and it's not like Matthew Jones would have been a slam dunk at center, and even you know he played ten snaps. We're not saying he would be if they made the switch, but. They didn't have many great options, so I, I understand how they arrived on picking Carson Hinsman to start the season, but you know maybe, maybe it's not the best move moving forward with what's coming against Michigan. Yeah, and and again, the other it's not just as simple as it'd be great if it was. Is Matthew Jones better at center than Carson Hinsman? You know, we don't know. The coaching staff has decided that's not the move that they've wanted to make through ten games. But what does that mean if you move Matthew Jones out of guard and move to center? Do you feel? better or worse, if that's Enoch Vamahi, which he is the next guy in line, whether, and we've talked about Tegra Shibola or mm -hmm. Luke Montgomery getting playing time this year, like, you know, clearly if there's a plan B, it's Matthew Jones at center and Enoch Vamahi at guard. Where do they view the comparison between 
leaving Carson Hensman in the lineup or putting Enoch Vermahi in their guard. We have seen that, and we saw that in the game last year, and it, it didn't, wasn't didn't go well. Yeah, yeah he played. I think Enoch got two series, and then uh, who was the defensive tackle last year? Uh, he was like a very high draft pick. Uh, Mozzie Smith. Mozzie Smith uh, juked Enoch out of his shoes. Uh, <laughs> got a sack or hit CJ Stroud, and that was the end of, of Enoch Mahi's time. And Josh Fryer played the rest of that game. So, yeah, that's a, it's a point worth making that if they actually are entertaining changes, there's no guarantee the changes will work. I find it interesting because I think they are entertaining them. It's just I'm not telling you that that's what they said. That's what, how I view the situation. I don't think you would have done that last week if you weren't entertaining the idea. Right. Whether or not a push the more natural a, option would have just been to bring Vic Cutler, which in. they did after that, right. or Jacob yeah. James, or Jacob James, or just leave or leave the Carson Hensman yeah. at center and to play you know, like a guard. Right. Yeah, because you know he's progressing and he's younger than everybody. He needs more reps than anyone else in that line does. But they didn't. Do that, that is the weird part when you're talking about well, he's the young because Ryan Day said that for Carson Hensman minted as a defense, like he's the youngest one. All right. Well, Matthew Jones doesn't need reps. Yeah. He's only going to be here for he's forty-five years you know, old. Two more regular season games, and then whatever's beyond that. I don't think you're trying to develop him anymore. No, I mean, I think we can all read between the lines of yeah. like this is at least in consideration. Yeah. No, no change guaranteed, but watch that space. I guess. Yeah. Berm, what it, what were you looking for today? I really just wanted to to see what Ryan Day thought about the offense and where it's going. I didn't really get a chance to hear much about, like, I, I think the importance of developing a, another outside weapon right now or getting one in the rotation more regularly is super important for Ohio State over the next two weeks. They kept, you know, he mentioned Makabuka and how he's stronger stronger this week than last week, stronger. And that's what they're trying to do. They, they tried to force him the ball early in the game on Saturday against Michigan State, and it just didn't work. Some of it was timing. Some of it was a snap off of Carson Hensman's butt that uh, threw a playoff. Some of it was just a, a pass interference. I think they're really wanting to get a Mecca going this week. And so I think that you're going to see the offense really gear around him this weekend. But I'm, I'm interested in the evolution of the offense is how they are going to go away from just Marv. Like the, Marv is great. He's the best player in America. But you have to have a guy that is – open elsewhere other than just him sometimes. I mean, Kate Silver's done a great job with it, but there has to be another wide receiver that becomes a part of this offense. Can he be the best player in America if he's not playing for America's team? <laughs> I think so. I mean, what, I if think he's, so. what if he's North America's? North America's team. Peru? How, how, how do they feel about him in South America? Peru. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, your response to that was Peru? College? Oh, <laughs> hotbed. Peru. Uh, hey, Peru. Remember you, when you used to appeal to Canada? Peru, how do you feel about Marv Harrison? <laughs> Let us know. What's your vibe? Yeah. Vibe check. Peru, Marv. <laughs> Tell us about it. Is there, are there a lot of Heisman voters down there in Peru? Uh, pro- probably. Probably like one. <laughs> yeah. He's probably on the lamb. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's get us back on I track. I just think though. that something, ha- there has to be another guy, whether it's, if Mechabuka if cannot get to the 100%, Somebody else needs to be that other option on the because felt right like now, Xavier was becoming that last week. Yeah, and I like what they do with him. But we talked about it on Monday's rewatch. Like if you're going to set the, the split backs and you're going to have Xavier Johnson back there with with Trip Chin, and why not put a Mecca back there and let him do that? Because all those plays were designed mm-hmm. with Jackson Smith and Jibba and Mecca Abuka in mind. So why not put him back there instead? It's just Mecca Abuka is a potential first round player in the NFL draft next year. Like. You have to find a way to get him involved in this offense. That's I, yeah, I think some of that was an admission still last week that that he wasn't fully at 100. percent And Xavier has earned the opportunity to do that. I mean, 
he's productive when he gets a chance. And when they use him, I think it's important remembering the end of last season and maybe this game in particular that's coming up in a week and a half. Like It was so matchup game? incredibly clear. It's a matchup game. Now, maybe... Those are the M's for Maybe it was advanced scouting, but maybe it was because every time Xavier Johnson went on the field, everyone in the stadium knew that he was getting the football. I think you have to continue to incorporate him and not and let him be on the field and do things that Emeka gets to do. Occasionally, that means not yeah. touching the football. Yeah, so the alarm bells don't go off. When yeah. You try, yeah, yeah, I'm just at a point, point yeah. where I personally, and, and this is my opinion, and it means nothing to anyone in this building. It means everything to me. I would yeah. just Cherish rather it. have Emeka Abuka where Xavier Johnson is and put Carnell Tate outside. Just do that uh, because that way you get the better weapons out there. I, I love Xavier Johnson. I love what he does for the program, but he's limited in what he's capable of doing. I mean, he's made a big plays in his career, no doubt about he's it. He's pretty shifty. He, put, he stuck his foot in the ground and uh, juked the defender uh, out of his I shoes. I think that you can get that out of Emeka Abuka and then, you absolutely can, and then yeah. still have. You're absolutely right, partner. And then still have Carnell Tate on the field or, uh, you know, uh, complimenting Julian Fleming and Marvin Harrison. I think you can do all these things. It's a lot of guys that get on the field. Yeah, you do it. You got to have seven on the line of scrimmage. You got to have five that. offensive line. Twelve man, baby. They actually flag you for that. Screw that. This is or, or Kirby Smart called time out before second can, second Canada did mentioned. That can't joke? have. Can't did you have see goal. that joke on on the Monday night after the, the Broncos and Bills game? Mm-hmm. That's a twelfth man was still helping Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Mr. Worldwide. That's Russell Wilson. I don't know. Is it? Oh. I thought it was. Isn't that what he yells no, into the uh, That's Pitbull. Oh, are they both? What does he call himself? Mr. Russell Wilson. No, he calls it, he's got a stupid Ciara's nickname. Husband. He's got a stupid nickname for himself. I'm sure he does. I just don't know what it is. Dangerous? Dangerous. No, I don't know. Whatever. Right. Let's let's ride. What else do you yeah, got? Bill? What did Ryan Day say about Russell Wilson today? Um <laughs> I so like sometimes a coach will go up there and like say, like, oh, we think we're progressing and like we're taking a step forward and you're starting to see our identity and sometimes I don't really believe it. I kind of believe it with Ohio State right now with the way that that game went with the way that they've been running the football a little better the last few weeks and like building concepts on top of those runs. I wrote about that a little bit on Tuesday at at Rivals about how they used a lot of more play action pass last week. One of them to Xavier Johnson on that 31 yard play. Mm-hmm. Um, I really I, I, I do think that Ryan Day truly feels like they're starting to hit on some things that are working really well for this offense. Part of it is getting healthy. It's it's getting Trey back a couple weeks ago. It's getting Emeka back to where he needs to be, to Berm's point. But I don't know. I, I think, like, Doug and I had a conversation about the best offenses in the North on Kings of the North on Monday, and we had Ohio State ranked lower than I think people probably were comfortable with. But of all the offenses, really, across college football that you could buy some stock in, at least among the national championship contenders, I think I'd pick this one because I, I do I do think that they are finding some things to get them back to the Ohio State offense we're accustomed to. I'm not saying they're going to start going out and putting up 45 every game because maybe they're not quite that. But in terms of like being threatening to all areas of the field and finding more explosive plays and marrying the run and the pass together, like I, I think it's progressing quite well. Um, and I, I kind of picked up from Ryan Day today that he feels similarly. Yeah, but if you look at last weekend, they finished th- 38 points. 45 is easy. They just need to finish. I mean, they didn't try to score in the second half. So yeah, it's, they not like they're, it's not like they're far away from being able to be that offense again. It's just finishing. There was one that the the play where like a Mecca asked to come out of the game. Yeah. And I don't, I don't say this as like a critique of Kyle McCord. 
But like he wanted to get a Mecca touchdown yeah. because you're up thirty or thirty five to three, you can do those kind Force of things if you want to. Marv was wide open. Like no, <laughs> they didn't cover him on that play. That could have been your easy touchdown, and then they missed the the fade ball there at the end of the of the, or the end of that drive that led to a field goal. But yeah, when when they, the offense gets to the point where it just decides, like you know what, we're going to try to get this guy a touchdown on this play. Things are going pretty good. It's usually a good sign. Yeah. And, a, and a month ago, that was certainly not the case for Ohio no. State. And I I do. And probably on Wednesday night when we're back in here uh, for a Woody Wednesday, maybe I'll get it. I wanted to ask Randy how much different the run game has become rather than what he envisioned it being in August. Uh, you've, you and Doug have broken this down. You and uh, Berm have talked about it on rewatch. Like The schemes and the approach and the counters and the misdirection are all very different than what we saw earlier in the year. And I think that that's, it's not just Trey. Now, Trey's a big part of that. Um, but it was figuring out the best way to use these offensive linemen, what was going to allow them to be in position to open holes and, and let people run behind them. I mean, in, in October, when you didn't have Trey doing that and it was Chip and, and a banged up Mayan, it, it, was, it was wonky. It was broken down. We were talking about them running for 80 yards and suggesting like there's no way that this is going to be good enough. They've come a long way since then. Mm. It, de- it deserves mentioning. Uh, can they still be better yeah of course but i don't think we're seeing a team that no longer like has any confidence of how it can get a third and two or you know even if it is going to be more sneaks on third and one fine like i don't some of these problems i think have been addressed for ohio state and if there is still a mentality that from a month ago this is a, a limited version a scaled back version of ryan day's offense i'm not as convinced that that's the case right now but again we're not going to know for sure until a week and a half from now because Minnesota is not much of a test for that, in my opinion. Yeah, and you are still – I mean, this is a, a Tuesday press conference where Kyle McCord's name was barely brought up because he played his best game of the year. And I think it's, it's – weird how that works. It, it's, <laughs> it's getting to the point where you're starting to feel comfortable. They are replacing the best quarterback in the NFL right now. <laughs> this season is CJ Stroud so far. Yeah. Th- to this point. He's – He's the passing no, yardage leader. He's he's, the, he's he's playing incredible. He's the best. I, I don't. I don't. I think Burns. <laughs> he, he's forgetting right now. Patrick better. Mahomes gets one off. Week. He's playing better than. Any, he's just trying to make himself feel he's better. Playing, than the he's lost. playing better than any quarterback in the NFL through ten weeks. He his. Put on the tape. I'm telling you. I hey, love CJ. Uh, check the tape, bro. Okay. Cut that tape again. Cut it on again. He's playing real well. Uh, yeah, it's good. So it, it does take time to get the offense to where you. I think sometimes we forget like. You are replacing players every year. It's not like you just get to throw the same guy out there over and over and expect everything to be exactly the same. Like yeah. defensively, I mean, Jim Knowles today talked about replacing Tommy Eichenberg. Like that's a big change up. I mean, you, you're without Lace and Ransom, then you got to replace Tommy, and then you're talking about maybe no, no Mike Hall. Like it, it's the the Buckeyes are finding their stride. It got asked a couple times today: Are you playing your best football right now? I think they probably are. Um, so. Now you just got to keep stacking days, bro. That's right. Stacking. Yeah, because they're at the end of goal number two, which was to win games two through 11. Uh, Indiana, the rest of the schedule, and then the matchup game at the end. What an unusual way to set your goals. <laughs> but this is it. It's a big one. Ohio State is trying to check off goal number two Saturday at 4 o'clock in the horseshoe against Minnesota, which will not have lasers on their helmets. We can promise you that. That's Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. These have been Snap Judgments. As always, they're brought to you by Buyers Auto.